Hey everyone, before we start on this episode, we wanted to let you know that you can watch our Catalog and Cocktails episode live with us every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central via Zoom. Check the link in our bio for more information, and we hope you join us in the discussion in real time. Now, let's get back to the episode. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Welcome to doing, yet another Catalog and Cocktails, but this one is special. Very, very special. This is a special event here for, for the folks who first time join us. Welcome to Catalog and Cocktails. This is our honest, no BS, non-salesy conversation in the middle of the week to go talk about all stuff data management and uh, have a cocktail in hand while we do that. How are yeah, you doing, Tim? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Great. So um, let's start with our cocktail. So I'm having a uh, Rum old fashioned, but specifically I'm having a Sacapa rum, which is the best rums, which by the way, I'm back in my bar right now. I'm really excited that I have a bar now in my house. So a a rum Sacapa old fashioned, that's what I'm having. How about you? That sounds awesome. And I love your bar, by the way. Uh, I know Juan and I have been talking a little bit about this garage bar concept, and I always just thought it was an idea, but Juan, you you really ran with it, which is really awesome. So I am drinking something called Makoli. So it's not a cocktail, it's actually rice beer. Um, This is my little nod to uh, Korea, I'm half Korean. And uh, it is a a rice beer and it is actually mango flavor. So it's kind of cool and kind of weird. I recommend that if you're uh, adventurous, you give it a try, it's pretty tasty. Right, well, for everybody who's here, we have this recording every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Today's a special event because we're doing it right after a summit. If you can't attend it, don't worry. You can find us on your favorite podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so forth. Or just join us live every first 30 minutes. Uh, it's Tim and I discussing about topics. Sometimes we'll have guests. And then after the 30 minutes, we open it up to everybody, and we just have a general conversation. And I think the joke is, like, it's, two, it's actually 2 o'clock here in Austin, and it's 5 o'clock somewhere. But actually, it's 5 o'clock only if you're on a boat between <laughs> – Canada and Iceland, because that's the only place where it's five o'clock. <laughs> yeah, because we were like, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? And we're like, well, where is it five o'clock? And uh, very few people are probably experiencing five o'clock right now, but that's okay. All of Europe is uh, is pretty late, so uh, which is great. And um, and so just so you know how this works, uh, you know, we keep an eye on the chat. We keep an eye on uh, also the Summit Questions channel over in Slack, um, and uh, and we'll be answering any of your questions. So please uh, send them our way. Uh, And this was a a really great event. I thought that there were so many really awesome takeaways. Uh, What do you, what do you think, Juan? How does it feel? How about let's do this. Let's, we had all these fantastic talks. Uh, Let's go through each one quickly. And you and me, we each give one takeaway, uh, what we thought was like the most important thing. And and so people can take away. So we first talk was from uh, Dr. Amy Gershkamp-Bowles, right? The five lessons learned from a three-time chief state officer. You go. Sure. So I I love this talk because I think that, you know, Amy has so much experience, you know, she's done it three times as a, as a chief data officer. I'm sure there's probably more to come. Uh, And uh, for me, you know, although there were so many different great tidbits there, uh, I love this idea of having the one KPI, right? Something where you really are focused on the most important thing um, uh, for your business and not trying to get too, you know, uh, distracted by too many things. You really want to focus on the one important thing. And I thought that that was really key, especially when you're thinking about how to be more data driven. I, I completely agree. The other one I was very, I found very, very interesting was the investment. 
And the investment was not just on investing on your infrastructure. I found it really, really important, and I had never thought about it, is to make sure that you have to invest in your people, but the way to invest in your people is actually invest in just top quality HR. So that was something I was not expecting at all, and I really like that point. So invest wisely. You want the best infrastructure to get the work done, but you also want the best people. And to get the best people, you want to be able to have high-quality recruiters. That was something that that was a big something very very brand new. I didn't, That's I didn't really important. You know, I, I think a lot of uh, companies don't necessarily spend as much time as they should on thinking about how to hire really really great talent or or cultivate it. Right. Yeah. So, so the next talk was. John, John gave a talk about agile data governance, a new approach to governance. Yeah, I, I thought that this was really great because, you know, obviously everyone is trying to figure out how to handle governance properly in their organization, right? And from things like CCPA and GDPR to things like self-service analytics, it's, it's so critical. Um, and, uh, and for me, uh, the analogy that I really love is this whole car analogy, right? I know Juan, you and I have both talked about that in the past as being like a really cool metaphor to kind of use for this kind of thing. And, um, you know, the idea that the point of having brakes in your car is not to, uh, is so that you can slow down when you need to, right? Versus, uh, maybe an older style of governance, which is just like, hey, let's make it, you know, the speed limit five, five miles per hour and nobody can get anywhere fast. At least we're being safe, but nobody's getting anywhere. Right. Yeah. I, I, and I want to follow up on that. I think I never actually thought about it the, on the traffic laws. Right. Mm -hmm. We have traffic laws. Again, we think about laws like being all just kind of more uh, uh, protective, right, on the defensive. And I love that other quote that John said about we got to be offensive about it. So if you think about the traffic laws, my takeaway here is we got to collaborate and you consider laws is actually a way for us to collaborate. That's how we can get society on the roads and we don't know each other at all but we can still get from point a to point b in a safe way yes we can go into traffic jams and so forth but the whole goal is that we can we can be effectively effectively society is a team and we can take that same type of ideas and pull it in into our organization uh so i think that was key and i think the overall aspect here is we got to be agile right bring in all the, the all the learnings from agile software development and bring that in into data management Exactly. Um, so for the next one, uh, it was uh, the customer panel, right? And obviously we had uh, some great speakers from uh, a few of our different customers on all sorts of really interesting and different use cases. Um, Juan, what was uh, your big takeaway that you kind of saw from that that, uh, that, you, that you really liked? So something that resonated and came up with everybody and actually something came up through the whole summit was, let's start small, let's iterate and grow. And I think that, that that's a theme that we're seeing all over the place, right? Start small, iterate, be agile. And, but something I want to go take that um, Patrick from Prologis said is the way to start small and be able to go iterate and grow is if you have a solid foundation. And I think that was something else that we, that was another theme about foundations. Uh, I mean, Patrick specifically was talking about we should be able to go model their core concepts. And if we do this correctly, we don't have, we're not going to be reinventing the wheel again. And that's what enables us to go kind of iterate because you're growing on a strong foundation. I mean, we want to be able to, to, to stand on the shoulders of giants. That, that's how we do science. That's how society evolves. And let's take that same learning within our organizations and say, let's have a solid foundation of data that we can go quickly iterate. So I think that, that was my, my, my main takeaway there. I, I really like that one. And, and I think that a, another one, uh, a great tidbit that came out of that whole conversation, I think a, a few of the panelists kind of reinforced this, was the idea around uh, quick wins, right? The ability to, to say, hey, you know, if we move quickly on a use case, you know, we get it out there, we get it in the hands of people, 
then we can show it off, right? We can actually show people the progress that we've made, build their confidence that, hey, this is a tool that's really going to help me, or this is a program that's going to help me. Um, you celebrate those wins, and then you can, you can iterate from there. So I, I love that approach. So the next talk was Ryan, right? Ryan gave a talk on how to accelerate time to value with a data catalog. What was yours? What was your takeaway? So for that one, I, I really liked this idea of sort of identifying the who, the what, and the why uh, around sort of the real world business use cases. Because I think that it's, it's easy to get distracted and sort of look at uh, extraneous things or you know, vanity metrics and things like that or, or too much information. And if you can really boil it down to the real use cases and the who and the what and the why, that can make a big difference. So I, I really liked that as, a, as one of the takeaways. And, and I and say, Ryan, the other point that he made was literally, how do we calculate ROI? I mean, we all talk, we all know that we're going to, we need to have ROI in our investments. And hey, well, as, as we said, we're in our non-salesy uh, event here. And I, I'll be very honest that even though, yes, this is the data.world summit, the things that Ryan pointed out is something that anybody who's considering any data catalog, who's considering any type of enterprise data management system, the, 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 the categories and the use cases that were pointed out are generic, right? And uh, if we be very objective, I think Ryan, did, I really like the way how Ryan presented it, that it is a very objective way of considering how you should measure your ROI. So I, I really like thinking about those categories. Are you investing in this because you want to increase revenue? Do you want to increase productivity? Do you want to avoid risks? But I think those were three great characteristics uh, categories to think about. And then yeah. on what on what use cases you're doing it, right? And you want to understand who are the personas who are, who are using that. And I'm seeing right now in the chat, Marcus Kane asked a good question, right? How, how do we manage the total cost of ownership? And I think, uh, Marcus, if you didn't see the, Ryan's talk, you should definitely go watch it because if I recall correctly, things you need to go consider within an additionally to the cost of the license, right? You want to cost, can you work with a vendor who can start small and you can grow, right? You don't want to get you don't have to go sign a, sign a deal for three years, right? And then, wow, that's one thing. Then, oh, in addition to signing a deal, you have to go take into account how much is the maintenance, how much are the upgrades, right? Uh, I, do I, is it quote unquote cloud, but then you have to go manage it and you have to go set up that infrastructure, even though it's quote unquote cloud, that's not really cloud, ladies and gentlemen, right? <laughs> or or how much vendor, uh, how much implementation services that require, right? We got to get, get that information up front. And then how much internal people you need to go do. I think um, I'm going to keep my non-salesy stuff, but if you want to hear our point of view, you can definitely reach us out to see uh, what we think about it, uh, the total cost of ownership. Yeah. No, I think those. I think that's exactly right, Juan. And the one other thing I'd add there is, I think this concept of agile data governance is actually very applicable to this idea of total cost of ownership. Because a great a way that you know things can get complicated is not just the the sort of the knowledge graph or the volume of data expanding, but it's the number of people involved, it's the number of use cases you're trying to onboard, the number of data systems, right? Uh, and uh, that's sort of that whole boil in the ocean thing, right? And if you can avoid that and really focus on business value and complexity kind of growing in parallel to each other, that's, that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. I think one of the highlights of today was the conversation that Brett Hurt, our CEO, and DJ Patil, the former U.S. Chief Data Scientist, had together. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a talk that I hopefully you'll all get the recording tomorrow. You want to go watch this again. It was a fantastic talk. Tim, what was your, what's your takeaway? So, 
my favorite quote from the whole thing, even though there were a lot of really good ones, like I love the Spock quote. Uh, if you were watching in the channel, that just, uh, I, I need a picture of Spock in my room. I got to find a spot for that. Um, but anyways, uh, especially, was he holding bacon? Anyway, um, so what does it mean to, to build together, right? I, I, I love his response there where he says, you want to dream in years, plan in months, evaluate in weeks, and ship daily. And I love that because I think that it's so easy to get lost in the details when it comes to figuring out how to tackle some of these difficult data-oriented initiatives. And if you can marry the big dreams and the big goals with daily iteration and daily improvement and all the sort of things that need to happen along the way in terms of that overall spectrum, that's key. And I think that leadership and bringing in people who are thinking this way and instituting the programs and the data literacy and the data culture in this way, uh, that makes such a huge difference. So I love that quote from him. I think that's really great. Yeah, he has so many quotes. And I think the, the whole data science is a team sport. That's a famous quote from DJ Patel. And actually, if we go back in history, we, we note that DJ takes, takes the credit of, of coin, coining and coming up with this whole data science. And you can find his famous Harvard Business Review paper from 2012, I think. Uh, where he presents this, lays this all out. The one that I really liked is how to scale. Prototype for 1x, build for 10x, engineer for 100x. And I think that goes connected, again, to what you were saying, right? To go kind of all the way, how, do you, how are you able to go ship daily, right? These are the things you want to be able to think about. And, I, and the other part was uh, being clever and smart. So I think so many great points here. This is one that I just want to go listen again and again because there's just so many valuable things. I think we're going to touch about that uh, towards the end yeah so next was uh, a talk that you were involved in so that was <laughs> around uh, data catalog should be powered by a knowledge graph and uh, uh, Andreas from uh, a semantic web company pool party software uh, joined you for that and uh, I thought that was a great talk and you know probably one of the more technical talks that we did today to kind of look at the overall data landscape and how knowledge graph can make a big impact um, you know what was what was your big point that you were hoping people would get across from that so what I really want to think is there's the, the industry, the pundits and everybody, they start kind of making things a little bit more, let's say a little bit hard to understand how the situation is within the industry, within data management. And there's always new things that people are talking about, right? Everybody wants data lineage. Everybody wants data quality. Everybody wants this data, 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 so forth. And there's this term called data fabric that has been coming out a lot. And, 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 and I think, we need to be careful, not confuse the people, confuse the industry and think about, we need a foundation. It goes back to what we were talking before. Let's have a strong foundation. And I think when it comes from a tooling perspective, your foundation should, you should consider two pillars. And this is my takeaway. Metadata management and data management should be the foundational pillars for any type of fabric of your data. And I think that's what we, that's what we call the category of a data, cata, a data catalog. If it's a metadata management and data, uh, metadata and data management. And even within that, you can go into so many different types of features and stuff. And specifically on the metadata management side, you wanna be able to manage your business glossaries and be able to do governance of all the data, of all the metadata you're crawling. And when it comes to data management, you wanna be able to go access the data, query it in a virtualized and federated manner. Everything else, Yes, you're going to have all these features. They should be able to connect to that foundation you're doing. So yeah, again, those two things the are the hub, right? Yeah, those are the hub. And then you want to have the data quality, the, the lineage, all these things are going to be kind of spokes to that hub. I think that I think that's huge and, and something that, 
really helps when you think about what's going to be the foundation of your of your sort of, um, you know, the data infrastructure of the future, right? Because I know we're all looking for new and better ways to do things. Um, because things are so complicated, right? The sort of traditional approaches to data integration and data quality and, you know, uh, you know, let's throw Hadoop at it. Let's throw, you know, uh, the new next gen data warehouses at it, right? It's all helping, but it's, it's also not solving the problem, right? So I think one other thing that I got as a big takeaway out of that talk was that, you know, uh, knowledge graph can be that technology to be the foundation of the future. And I, and I know that, you know, for a lot of folks, that's a little confusing and they're like, ah, knowledge graph, right? Uh, that's what Google uses to make their searches so awesome and that kind of thing, right? And I think that obviously a lot of the technology hasn't been fully rolled out to uh, a lot of enterprises yet, uh, but it's really coming around the corner because of flexibility, because of the fact that you can have all this context live in one place and all merge together in a dynamic way. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited for that. I feel like this is the beginning of that next wave of more knowledge graph driven technology and obviously, we think a catalog should be, you know, uh, it should have its foundation be on a knowledge graph. And I'm just looking at questions right now in the Slack. We have Angie Navarro who's asking, so what maturity level should you be engaging when you want to catalog in a knowledge graph? For me, it's simple. There's a crawl, walk, and run. You want to, everybody needs to start crawling. They need to understand what data they have. This is something you, you must do now to get that. Once you understand the data that you have, you start cataloging. And by the way, you do this with the business use case so you don't boil the ocean, right? You start accessing the data. Let me go query the data and let me go understand what data looks great, what data looks, it's a big mess, right? Data, enterprise data is very inscrutable. At that point, you'll realize, wow, my data is a big mess. And we need to go start putting that knowledge graph layer on it. So it's a crawl, walk and run. People will have that tendency to think, oh, that knowledge graph stuff is really cool. Let me go jump to that. You're probably gonna go dive into the deep end and I don't think you can be very successful just jumping to the deep end. You want to again have that again foundation, crawl, walk, and run. So that was to answer Angie's uh, question. Yeah. And then we go back to the presentation that you did, Tim, which was what's new and what's coming. And um, I'm going to say that whatever we do at Data.World, kind of my takeaway here, and I'm going to put my salesy hat on for a second, is we are obsessed by understanding our users. And as you saw, how what Sharon was presenting and our entire phenomenal UX team is that we follow the scientific method. We are scientists when we go do this, and that's how we know that we are creating uh, a technology. We're creating a platform that works for all types of users because we analyze and we work with our users. And I think all the features that we come up with, they are there for a reason. There's a whole science behind that. So that's one thing I really want to go take. I, there's not one particular feature. All these features out there are done for a reason. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And uh... Yeah, I mean, a huge nod out to, to Sharon and our entire UX team, because I think that when you look at what you're trying to do in the data management space, when you invest in something like a new governance tool or a new catalog tool, the whole point is to change your data culture. And we know that culture is not something that's easy to change. And it's easy for people to be like, ah, it's too hard, or I just, it's not familiar to me and things like that. And so that's why you know, really user experience is so key. And so when you're thinking about how do I get my data culture working, you know, we've talked about agile data governance processes. We've talked about things uh, like providing these carrots and celebrating wins and things like that. Another key aspect is can you provide a user experience that people actually enjoy, that people actually engage in, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of questions around right now. I see Kelly Hill is asking some questions. There's some questions in the chat and there's some questions that we looked at the, at the Slack. 
I'm going to put, there's one category here about when to start and how to do this. This is a whole topic about data culture. And, it, and this is not a quick answer right now. I think we've talked about, we got to start small, but how does this actually happen? Um, I'm going to jump ahead next week at our next episode of Catalog and Cocktails, we're going to start talking about data cultures. And I think our plan is to have like almost a series of data cultures. So um, my quick answer to Kelly and, 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 and Jonathan, I think, some, I think Amanda on the Slack had questions about how do I work with the people with an organization and, and, and especially legacy organizations? The answer, short answer is culture. We are going to definitely unpack that next week. So stay tuned for that one. Um, and there's more, there's some more questions. And I think another question that I saw a lot of chat, let's talk about this quickly because I also want to do a general wrap up of the entire summit is the one KPI. If there was one kind of controversial question or topic that came up, was that one KPI? I'm a bit skeptical about that, and I'd love to follow up directly with Amy, but what are your thoughts? And I know that you were, we, were, we were cataloging some of the answers right there, right? What, do you, yeah. what are the answers there about? No, I thought that that was a really good discussion that we had over in the Slack channel, and I appreciate uh, Rupa chiming in with that question that kind of started to get that going. Um, and... You know, uh, I think the way that I see this is very much in line with kind of John's response that he put there, which is that, you know, when you can have the least number of KPIs possible, obviously that's going to provide focus, right? And it's going to sort of minimize that problem that I think a lot of us experience in our organizations. It's, it's less the problem of people don't care, although some organizations may have that problem. It's more that we're like all, we're all rowing in different directions, right? This group says that their KPI is this. You ask the other group what their KPI is, it's a completely other thing. And so, you know, when you can strive for just one or two KPIs, that makes a huge difference. Uh, and just to give an example, like a data.world, one of the key things that we look at is deep customer engagement, deep customer user engagement. And so we look at the number of users that use the platform that have at least 10 events in a given day. That means they've clicked at least 10 buttons or viewed at least 10 pages. Because uh, over time, it's taken us a while to get to that metric, but that's the measure that we found is a, a, an excellent representation of people are, are heavily using the platform. It's, it's in line with the value that our customers are getting. Uh, and it's what moves the needle forward on a lot of other things, right? And I think that's the second point, which is that you know, a lot of times just because you have one main KPI doesn't mean you can't have any other KPIs. It's not like you can't measure things after that. It just means that everything needs to sort of support that, right? Those are sort of those other, you know, key results or key deliverables that are supporting that KPI. Agreed. So I always say 30 minutes foes flies by and we're pretty close, right? We're 22, 33 minutes in. Let's start wrapping this up. Like there's all these themes that we've seen throughout the summit and, and it's, it, I'll, it, you, everybody will think this was very well coordinated and, and actually some things were coordinated, but a lot of these things just kind of happen ad hoc in the sense that themes kind of happen ad hoc, but this actually means that we're all heading towards the same kind of goal. So I'm going to start out with my main, my, one of my first kind of takeaways, the general takeaway uh, of, of, of the summit, which is, you know what? Data is not just a team sport. Data is also a culture. And I think, again, that's something we want to go pack next, uh, unpack next week. And I'm, I'm seeing this through Amy talking about, we need to invest in HR. We need to get the best people. Uh, Brett was talking, hey, millennials are going to the workforce. They want to have the best tools. Um, it, it, I, Brett from Wonderman Thompson Data was saying, hey, the old organizations have a cultural problem. It's not a tech problem. It's a cultural issue. Uh, and from Care Oregon, we're saying, we just don't need exec, not just executive buy-in, the executives need to 
be an example. Uh, we have the whole data science as a team sport by Deepa Patel. Actually, John actually said, turn data analytics into a team sport. There's just so many issues, the whole people at the center, people as part of a team, but there's a culture. That was definitely a, uh, an important theme for me within the summit. What, what else would you, would you add to that? I think that was a really good one. And that encompasses a lot of the, a lot of the great content that we saw. I think um, uh, if I was going to say another one that I think actually goes well with that, but extends it in a couple of directions is this whole concept of don't boil the ocean. Right. So uh, sort of, you know, if you're going to over promise and under deliver that allows you to, um, you know, that, that's going to create a, a problem for you. Right. And what you can do instead is really start small uh, and get those quick wins because then you're proving the value and you're getting buy in over time. Right. Don't be in a rush for the big bang project that fails. Right. And I, I think Brett over at uh, uh, Wonderman Thompson data provided a great insight around that. Um, Ryan, during his uh, ROI chat, talked about, uh, you know, start with a single real use case, right? The whole who, what, why that I mentioned earlier. Um, and then, you know, in a couple of different talks, including in, uh, in yours, you know, we talk about the, uh, the crawl, walk, run, starting with, you know, understanding what you have and then starting to make sure that you can, you know, get access to it, actually then start to build more advanced AI and semantics around those different things. Um, you know, so that, I mean, this seems like this is the journey to ROI. And I love that, that, that theme kind of, uh, you know, was spread across all these different talks. So another, another takeaway, general takeaway was this notion of a foundation. And I mean, we've already, I think I've said the word foundation probably 10 times in the last 20 minutes. It's a strong foundation. I mean, Amy also said, right, we need to, let's go, we need to ensure a robust infrastructure. We need to have the right tools in place, right? When we want to have people to go start using the data, we need to be able to have an infrastructure to go. We've already cleaned the data or we're in the process of cleaning the data. We can, we can maintain the data to be clean and we know where things are coming from. Um, and we also need, and within that foundation, uh, again, Patrick from Prologis, bring this up again. He said the, the long-term focus for your foundation is about, you want to model these core concepts that drive our business, uh, our business first. I mean, yes, we, we understand that uh, we, we can't define what is a customer, but if we don't define, if we don't even catalog the different definitions of customers, how the heck are we going to define, have a strong foundation? And I think we need to catalog the skeletons in our closet. Right, because let's, and, and I think that that's associated that with the whole. Scary, <laughs> but no, but if we don't even know what we, we, if we don't know what we don't know, because that's the whole problem, and we need to, and this is again part of the culture is to be okay to be transparent. It's okay if we don't know, and 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 it's actually encouraged to share what we don't know. That's how we start building that, that strong foundation. We need to build in that culture to go share things, and I think another topic was documentation. Documentation is part of that strong foundation. And I, I, I have, I actually wrote this quote, Amanda uh, Darshanlelo said, I found documentation methodology are key aspects of driving that data culture, both in providing clarity for less technical users and to decrease the amount of time technical resources spent answering questions. Documentation saves lives. This sounds a bit cheesier, but it's not, it is so, so important. And, 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 and when you think about it, we, the whole notion of a data fabric, this actually comes from like, we want to have the fabric of society. Like it's a social order right, where we want to be able to understand all the threads that we have to make a, a cohesive society. And we really want to be able to have that within an organization. And to do that, you need to have a strong foundation. You need to be transparent and also note that this is a journey. 
And it goes back to that previous point. You got to start small, don't boil the ocean, crawl, walk, and run. Uh, one more. Give us, give us one more final takeaway. All right. Final takeaway. Define success. Because I think that, you know, so much of what we heard today has to revolve around, you know, making change in your organization, not just around technology, but around people, around process, around the, the data itself. And, you know, we heard from Amy saying that you need to decide on the one KPI. We heard from uh, some of our customers talking about, you know, the metrics that drive what they look for in sort of making change happen in their companies. Um, we heard about the, uh, you know, the value of getting buy-in. Uh, Jonathan in the, the chat mentioned that, uh, you know, I love that we're discussing building buy-in because it's so crucial. Uh, tying back in with John's agile data governance idea, you know, agile adoption works best when the entire organization is bought in, not just the engineering teams. Uh, and that requires you to really get commitment at all levels from the, the chief data officer or the VP of analytics or whoever it is that, that, that is kind of driving it from the top to all the people in your organization and, and getting them on the same page and, you know, through, you know, structure that is both real and literal and even just the, you know, the more abstract things like just educating people, creating literacy programs, doing that lunch and learn, right? Uh, you know, that, that is uh, so important these days, especially that we're not in the room together, right? We don't get the ability to stand around the water cooler and get this idea, this idea stuff flowing. So, yeah. um, so, so much value there. And, and just to end on, on one last thing, you know, DJ Patil mentioned, you know, what's required to double the impact? What's required to cut the time in half? And I think that's a really great question. I think this idea of thinking about what success is, defining it, coming up to an agreement, this is so important, not just within the organization. I'm not, I don't wanna to get too philosophical here, but that's how we should drive our own lives, right? I mean, wake up, I wake up in the morning and ask, how, what is the, how do I know if I'm gonna have a successful day? If, we're, if I'm in a meeting, I'm gonna, I ask, why, how do I know if this meeting is successful? We, we do this traditionally within our lives. We should do the same thing for our data projects, for how we're gonna combine data within our organization. And I, I'm gonna take Aura's uh, comment here. When you're thinking about the technology and we're bringing up the next thing about the knowledge graph and I love what he's saying. Success is when you build a knowledge graph application and do not feel that you need to tell people that it's a knowledge graph. Just underneath the hood, things make the knowledge graph will help you make be will help you be more powerful in what you're trying to go do. And, but you need to go define success with respect to what the business wants, because that's what's driving the organization. Exactly. 30 minutes fly by as always, Tim. I know it goes, it goes so fast. And so we'll, we'll make a quick comment here about what's, what is this thing that you just joined this weird conversation that Tim and Juan are having. And then we'll kind of say, uh, you know, our final uh, goodbyes here. Uh, so, you know, this catalog and cocktails thing, it happens every Wednesday at five o'clock Eastern, four o'clock central, two o'clock Pacific. Um, the, uh, the link is in the chat. I'll post it one more time before we wrap up. Uh, basically, what we do is we do 30 minutes of talking about data management, right? And sometimes we'll have experts on, sometimes we'll do debates. Last week, me and Juan, we fought it out where I was talking about you got to buy a data management platform he was to, or uh, build it, and he was still doing buy. Um, so we talk about all sorts of topics. You, you put your questions in along the way, just like you're doing now. Um, and then we spend actually the last 30 minutes all just hanging out. We turn our cameras on, we stop the recording, uh, and we all hang out. And it's like hanging out after a conference talk. And, and you know, you, you get to chat, you get to hang out in the hallway. Uh, it's a great networking opportunity and a great way to sort of brainstorm and work together. Um, and, we've got some, then, uh, some great talks coming up as well. Yeah, go ahead, Juan. Yeah, so ne next week we're going to be, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about data, uh, sorry, data cultures. 
And then after that, we're actually going to have a great episode with our friends from the AP, right? Next, uh, the following week, um, we're going we're gonna to kick off an entire conversation. We're going to have uh, Dwayne from the Director of Corporate News uh, and Data Licensing. He's a veteran for, ele for election nights, what's called the race caller for the Associated Press. He'll be joining us to explain how the AP relies on data in the days leading up to the election to measure and report on nationwide trends even in years as exceptional as this one. So it's gonna be interesting, gonna be a really great conversation. Again, we just have these honest, no BS, non-salesy conversations about data. So thank you so much everybody for attending the summit. This was uh, three and a half hours packed of so much information. To summarize our general takeaways of this summit, data is not just a team sport, data is also a culture. Don't boil the ocean. You need a strong foundation and define what success looks like. Hope to see you all next week at the next Catalog and Cocktails. Please continue with us and our Slack community. That's why we started it because we want you all to be part of this community and keep the conversations going. You can reach out to Tim and myself and we can keep having these honest, no BS uh, conversations. Have a good one, Tim. Cheers. Be safe and be well, everyone. Cheers, Juan. Cheers.